to your day, week, month, year reviews. I'm your host, Arjuna Gonzalez, and this is the Yo Mama episode of my review of GTA San Andreas. It's been 22 long hard years, I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I peeped at the shape of the streets and stay awake to the ways of the world. Shit's deep. A man with a dream with plans to make cream which failed. I went to jail at the age of 15, a young buck selling drugs and such who never had much. Trying to get a clutch of what I could not touch. The court played me short, now I face incarceration. Pacing, going upstate's my destination. Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned, I learned life is hell. Living in the world no different from a cell. Every day I escape from jigs, getting chased, sell a base. Smoking bones in the staircase. Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess. I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed. But I'm still depressed. And I ask what's the worth. Ready to give up so I seek the old earth. Who explained working hard may help you maintain. To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. I got stuck up kids, corrupt cops, and crack rocks and stray shots. All on a block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I'll be living proof. To kick the truth to the young black youth. With shorties running wild, smoking cess, drinking beer, and ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear. Neglected for now, but yo, it got to be accepted. The what? The life is hectic. That is the second verse of what is probably the greatest East Coast gangster rap song of the early 90s. Cash Rules Everything Around Me, Cream, by the Wu-Tang Clan. Definitely go out and buy Enter the 36 Chambers if you haven't already. GTA San Andreas masterfully captures the time, place, and feel of that verse, but that's it. In this game, racism, sexism, homophobia, organized crime, drug abuse, and above all, greed with a capital G are what America is made of, and to an all-too-large extent in real-life America as well. And this game could have replaced the original Deus Ex as my favorite game, if it tried to paint a possible future path out of the conflicts that it depicts, like Deus Ex tried, failure or not, to paint a path forward through its themes of transhumanism and massive wealth and technological inequalities. Now, I'm going to come back to this later in the review, but first I want to get to the answers to the questions I've received and a bunch of other comments and thoughts that came up over the past month. So first... How many times have I played the game over the last month? Since the last week. I played it probably every day, maybe twice a day over the last month. I didn't spend a whole lot of time every day, but I at least managed to complete a mission or two every day since the week review. How many hours have you played the game over the last month? Steam says I've put in 80 hours. Um, I know I played it enough for the songs on the radio to start to get old and annoying, so uh, that, that's probably a good time to stop. So yeah, um, I didn't remember who asked this in the week episode, but Bill, at Matunica on Twitter, he asked me if the flying sucked. So, now that I've completed the main storyline, the flying sucks except when it doesn't. <laughs> um, there's this one mission where it's one of the Zero missions, where Zero is in this bizarro RC plane and car war with this mysterious character named Berkeley, who we never see in the game. And one of the missions, you have to fly an RC plane and take out a bunch of characters on motorbike and car because they're running some mail-order service that Berkeley is involved with. 
and the controls of the RC plane in that mission are very finicky. And another place where the flying sucks is the pilot's license missions, um, as Bill also pointed out. And in that, they make those missions way harder than anything you really need to use in order to complete the missions in the game. And that's the same with the driving school, for example, later. Yeah, it's an absolute pain in the butt to have to pass those in order to continue, but once those are over, the flying is not all that bad. So, it's a mixed bag. Um, yeah, I will repeat my question for listeners that I asked in the day and week episodes. Are there any mods I should play this with? I'm still not totally sure I'm going to do a year episode of this review, but I might record one because I am interested in the first person mod. Especially since I can make myself into Doom Guy by getting the chainsaw weapon that's the chips with the game. And I also noticed there's a mod called Design Your Own Mission, and some people have made custom missions for the game. It sounds a little meh playing a custom mission because, you know, there's no cutscenes or any voice acting that's original to the story, I guess. Um, I haven't checked it out, so maybe it'll be just as interesting, maybe it won't, but I'll probably find some time over the year or so to check it out. Um, and then I've got two questions, one from Bill and one from Troy, who's at Troidal Power. Check out his podcast, the Troidal Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. I probably got that wrong, but anyway. Hi, this is Editor Arjuna from the future. The real name of the podcast is Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs Podcast with Troidal Power. And remember, don't do drugs and watch for toilets. I'm going to read both questions. They're mostly the same. First from Bill, I loved GTA San Andreas when it was released. I spent a long time on the gang territory missions and was wondering if you've played them much? I loved owning the whole city and would enjoy putting down any resistance. And then from Troy, I loved those gang wars like at Matunica and want them in pretty much every game I play. Did you like them? And if so, what game would be improved? How would the game be Im No, no, no. What game would be improved by replicating that mechanic? <laughs> oh boy, Troy, I totally misread your question. I, I thought you were asking how you could improve the, ga the gang territory mechanic. Um, I'm going to have to think about that question outside of this podcast because it's only just now happening to me. I mean, off the top of my head, I think most first-person shooters could be more interesting if they had some sort of gang territory mechanic to it, you know? Like, anyway. Um... I will answer those two questions later, but first, I have two corrections I want to go over. I said in the week episode that um, in the Life's a Beach mission, where you have to play a little dancing minigame to complete it, that it was broken. Oh my god, Becky, all I had to do was press Y twice to dance! And I feel both stupid and resent the ambiguity at the same time. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know what happened, but I did not get that you had to press Y twice in order to dance. Um, 
it was weird because that happened again when I got to the mission where you have to go into the planning department in La in Las Venturas to get the blueprints for Caligula's. I don't know. I guess I just had a brain fart after pressing Y once that, like, I started walking around the office and then the lady at the desk said, Sir, I take it from you walking away that you're done with this conversation. And I'm like, oh, 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 I have to come back and press Y again. Anyway, um, also, I found out you can press V while driving to keep the camera locked on the back of your car. So that's good to know. And it made it things a lot more convenient, although weirdly, like, I discovered it so late in the game, I was almost used to the default where it doesn't automatically lock on the back of the car. So, I wish it were the default. Like in the PS2 version of Vice City. That's all. Some design thoughts. Uh, about the mechanic with uh, graffiti from different gangs, uh, when you can spray over it and it's kind of like a collectible or subquest. I like that more than the flag-collecting mechanic in Assassin's Creed 1, which is my other reference for large open-world games. Because spraying over the tags of different gangs feels like you're taking over territory from the other gangs in, another, in a different way from actually taking it over at different parts of the game. I was talking about this Assassin's Creed flag-collecting mechanic with Josh the NES Nerd. I think he's at Josh the NES Nerd 1 on Twitter and just Josh the NES nerd on Twitch. In Assassin's Creed 1, you get a health bonus for the number of flags collected, but the marginal value, like the extra utility you get out of that max health bonus, decreases noticeably since you really don't need maximum health in order to complete that game. So it's kind of this like weird exercise that is only tangentially tied into the story, whereas with the gang tags, it's very clearly tied into the story because it's very clearly communicated that there are multiple gangs in Los Santos vying for control. I do have some feedback about the dancing minigame, which is kind of like a sort of DDR-like minigame where these arrows scroll by on the screen and you have to press them in time. Having the arrows scroll by at the bottom of the screen is not so cool because... Obviously, your eyes will get pulled away from all the fancy lighting and dancing animations toward the bottom of the screen. Whereas in most DDR games, because those arrows are coming up from the bottom of the screen up towards the top, your eyes are naturally going to look at whatever's going on in the background as well as the arrows. I never really noticed that until I played this game and saw how they didn't do as great a job. So let's come back to the gang territory system and also talk a little bit about the shooting mechanics. As far as the gang territory system goes, I did like it eventually. Before I found out you can run into a safe house and save any time one of your hoods comes under attack, it felt kind of grindy in a bad way. Like I keep having to drop whatever I'm doing and go into a fight that I might not really be prepared for. But once you've bought enough safe houses around Los Santos, it becomes much more manageable. Anytime one of your hoods comes under attack, you can just run into the safe house, save, and that attack just goes away automatically. And then you get to decide when you launch another attack on one of the rival territories. Kind of a cheat, kind of an exploit, but it would have felt really grindy if I didn't know about that. Now, here are four ways I would improve the gang territory system. One, always spawn enemy AI in the territory where the gang war has been initiated and make them stand their ground. Uh, towards the end of the game, I was going over to Idlewood to capture some Bala territory, and I lost that gang war 
only because I had to chase some ballas well out of the area to complete the wave. They just ran away, and I lost because I was outside of the zone too long. Uh, possible improvement number two. Better friendly AI that doesn't walk in front of me while I'm shooting. I must have lost almost as many homies to friendly fire as to enemy fire. Um, it's just, once they show up, the balls start running in, and then some homie will come in and just sort of wander right in front of my line of fire. And, and the best thing I can do is just roll out of the way and get some clearance from them to ice the remaining ballas, but sometimes I end up just shooting some of them dead, and it's stupid and pointless. I think there's a mod for this, I just haven't had a chance to look at it. Improvement number three. Rip a page out of the Gauntlet book. If you've played old-school Gauntlet or some of the more recent Gauntlet games, you know that it's like this top-down or sometimes 3D action game where um, you have these monsters and there's these spawn points that spawn the monsters. And if you destroy the spawn points, you won't get any new monsters spawned. Maybe you could change things up so that, like, there's a gang hideout in the area you're trying to take over and you have to torch it, like in that mission that introduces Denise, um, CJ's first girlfriend, who lives on Grove Street. And maybe the building becomes a safe house if you pay the money for repairs. It's an idea. Uh, possible improvement number four, tie enemy presence and strength to the number of enemy tags in the area and how many are sprayed over. Uh, I like the graffiti system already. Um, I don't know that the gang tags have any impact on enemy strength, but that would be kind of cool if, like, you could go into an area with a heavy enemy gang presence and spray over some of their tags and suddenly it's not as heavy and, they're in, and then it's easier to take over. Let's talk about the weapons and shooting for a little bit because I did think about it as someone who's been making FPS maps for a little bit. GTA San Andreas does not have the interesting variety of weapon and enemy combinations that an old-school 90s FPS like Doom or Quake has, and thus it doesn't have as much of the cool strategic thinking that comes with it. But it's certainly better than something like Assassin's Creed 1's bestiary, where it's like there's guys with swords, and every once in a while, there's archers. Have fun mashing the square button and having the same sword fight over and over and over for 12 hours. At the same time, the weapons and enemy NPCs that you encounter in that game make sense for the time and place it's trying to depict. You would have a hard time explaining ballas with the Doom Imp's slow fireball attacks or the Hell Baron's green ball of pain. At least without maybe some weird plotline with the truth and his hippie green goo magic, but the devs didn't decide to go there. However, unlike some Doom maps where I'm all about the super shotgun, in GTA, I do find myself switching back and forth between an assault rifle like the AK-47 and the M4 and the submachine gun, the SMG. On the one hand, like Samuel L. Jackson said, AK-47, the very best there is, when you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room except no substitutes. By the way, Samuel L., you're wrong. The M4 has a larger clip than the AK. And the SMG does have some advantages the assault rifles don't. For one, it slows down the enemy NPCs as much as the M4, and it has a higher firing rate. So it makes it easier to take them out before they have a chance to shoot. You can just, as they're running down the sidewalk, you can stop them with a couple of quick shots to the upper body area. And it takes more bullets to wear them down till they're dead. But it's safer because you can more easily stop more of them with the higher firing rate. The SMG is also used by a lot more enemy NPCs when the gang war is started than assault rifles. 
so you can easily pick up ammo and save the money that you don't spend on SMG bullets for more M4 rounds and body armor. You could say it's a renewable resource. I think if the combat shotgun could take out a bala in one shot, kind of like how the super shotgun in Doom 2 can take out the lower to middle tier enemies like the imps and the demons and the specters in one shot, it would help improve the weapons variety. Um, and also, I don't understand why Ammunition doesn't sell rocket launchers in this game, or at least at that late stage of the game. Like, you could price five rockets, let's say, for $10,000, and you would have just enough ammo to keep things interesting without making the player rely on the rocket launcher. Back to the gang territory system for a second. One good thing about it is it does force you to think about the terrain you're fighting on and how you can funnel the enemy NPCs along the sidewalks and take them out at a distance. You very quickly learn that if you are in a gang war and you've got ballas coming from like four different directions along the sidewalks, that is very difficult to manage even if you have full health and armor. And so it helps to be able to just funnel them along like two directions along the sidewalk and, you know, maybe take some side where most of the homies can handle one group of balls or at least provide kind of a meat shield while you take out the others. And fortunately, there's enough variety in the environments in Los Santos that it's not the same challenge over and over. It's different enough to make things interesting. Tyler asked me what I thought of the stack building system. At first, it's not that big of a deal. In the earlier missions, your buddies tell you to muscle up, and you do, and it's kind of a non-item other than the impact on max health, which doesn't seem to be directly related to your muscle level, but it seems sort of indirectly related to muscle and stamina. I know I read about this on the GTA wiki, I just forgot it. But in any case, you learn later in the game that high muscle makes you unattractive to some potential girlfriends, like Helena Wankstein in Flint County, for example, who doesn't like muscular guys. Then we run into the stats impact on later missions. This is one case where I don't like the way they set it up. There's a mission called Amphibious Mission, where you have to swim to a freighter that's like in the Easter Basin Harbor, I think it is, in San Fierro. And if you haven't done any swimming before, then you have to build it up because your lung capacity needs to be up to a certain level before you can get started. And I had no lung capacity, so I had to spend a lot of time diving. Now, the original Deus Ex has a skill point system where you're given a set amount of skill points at the start of the game to allocate towards things like swimming, computer hacking, small arms skill, etc., and you gain skill points as the game progresses. Because different players will distribute points differently, if Amphibious Mission were at Deus Ex level, it would have had another way to complete the mission if you hadn't put any points towards swimming. And this has been, Arjuna compares every other game to Thief or Deus Ex, sponsored by Nicolas Cage's Flowing Man Maid. And like Amphibious Mission, I'm a little turned off by the fact that I had to complete those driving school tests to unlock the garage and carjacking missions. I don't mean to sound like the whole story should be super easy to unlock, I am saying that I didn't really need to use most of what I learned in driving school to complete the missions. And I don't have a good segue here, so I'm just going to jump straight to the conclusion. Unlike J.C. Denton, the player character in Deus Ex, who could be a good person or a bad person depending on your choices, Carl Johnson is not, by I think any reasonable standard, a good person. You have to commit at least three dozen felonies to complete the game. He is kind of like Sonny Chiba's character in The Street Fighter, which is an awesome 70s kung fu movie that you should totally watch if you haven't, in that 
his enemies are so despicable that you wind up cheering him on. And he does have this sense of loyalty to him and his, which does create really the only meaningful comment on the world this game creates. Exercise enough forethought, situational awareness, strategic thinking, crack a couple eggs to make an omelet, and you can carve out for yourself a little niche for your crew, but it will be a never-ending struggle that will never be fundamentally fair or just. Like the Wu-Tang verse goes, Working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. We got stick-up kids, corrupt cops, and crack rocks and stray shots all in a block that stays hot. The final scene implies that while the villains of the main plotline are gone, they will be replaced someday. And the player is just sent back out to fuck around in the sandbox. And, you know, maybe you can't expect a message beyond that from a game made by a giant corporation with 100 plus people working on it. But, that ending, it feels like the game just shrugs and says, Yeah, that's the way of the world. The end. And it only feels unsatisfying. So that concludes everything I had to say about GTA San Andreas. Uh, as for what's next, check the thumbnail. I got a little preview about the next games I want to review. It might take a little while, though, because as I'm recording on February 8th, 2019, Nina Freeman's Discord community is organizing a game jam next week that I'm probably going to participate in. So it might be another two plus weeks before I upload a new episode. Until then, when you combine the worst traits of an elephant and a donkey, you get a lot of shit. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network, the place for those with questionable taste. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ProbablyWork. To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain, we got stick up kids, corrupt cocks. Corrupt cocks? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit.